0: Okay. Our message now will be brought to us by Mr. Barnabas Grayson. It is entitled, The Hope Ahead. channel. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Glad to see you here. It was about uh, ten minutes before I left the house today that I was fixing to get my final copy uh, printed out and realized that I had forgotten to put down the scriptures that I was going to use and so the handout that you have is scrawled with my handwriting there and I did it in haste and I'm hope- hopeful that uh, the references <laughs> fit the topics that I'm going to talk about this afternoon. In times like these, hope may get deferred by adversities and extenuating circumstances that we have little or no control over. And there is fear in the world today where tomorrow may not come for some. But come what may, there is a light of hope that shines above this present distress and darkness that this world today is facing. So today, we'd like to talk about our hope that is ahead. Now for many, the past year has been one of consternation, contention, concern, and of course, COVID-19. And We hope we can leave these behind, but these things we know are not over and it will be a while before the uh, mask is no longer a health need or a fashion statement or a political statement but like many people we have prayed we prayed for relief from this pandemic that is still stalking people changing lives and also taking lives Now. How that prayer will be answered, you know, is yet to be seen. We have faith it will come, and wonderful, we'll recognize it when it comes. But whether we believe that this pandemic is man-made or just something that just uh, nature went awry on, the reality is, it is changing lives. It is taking lives, especially those who have compromised immune systems and with the elderly uh, at greater risk so this virus that we have still around us is an invisible enemy so it takes uh, so we have to use common sense and precaution to uh, and pray always that we will be safe from this this COVID-19 in Proverbs 22:3, it says to us that a prudent man foresees the evil and he hides himself, but the simple pass on and they are punished. But you know, having fear is not having a lack of faith. Wherefore, my beloved, it says in Philippians 2:12, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed not in my as in my presence only but now much more in my absence it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling so we see that there is fear sometimes in knowing that there is a danger that exists and so we're cautious We wash our hands, soap and water as often as we can. We sanitize our hands. And uh, we wear a mask. We observe social distancing and, and avoid huge crowds. Now, there are two things that the Bible reminds us in doing. And that is to watch and to pray. So when you see these things that are happening around us, when you see the sorrow and the sadness that people who come down with this COVID-19 families young people also uh, dying we realize we need to be on guard and near to God but how, how are we how can we be near to God so the Bible tells us that there are two things which reminds us to uh, to do and that's to watch and pray but in uh, verse 7 of first Peter chapter 5 it says to cast all your care upon him whatever worries whatever trials whatever thing is causing fear or concern cast your care upon him why because he cares for you and that is an assurance that God will hear our prayer and it says in verse 8 to be sober. And be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil. As a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. And if we are in a weakened state. In a weakened condition. Uh, we really have to be careful and watchful. Verse 9 of this adversary whom resists steadfast how in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world but we know that there is hope ahead that we have been blessed with the knowledge that God has given us through his word that Jesus Christ has given us as an example that we should follow in his in his steps we would all like to live free to be free of worry and uh, people need to get back to work, get back to class, back to school, and, and be in good health and and good hope with life returning to normalcy. But of course, we know that there is that fear, sometimes in the back of one's mind, that fear of dying, that fear of coming down with, with a, a, that dread disease and having to endure it. But we know that God is able to save, that he is able to destroy, that, that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we, we can be healed. In verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we read this. Verse 18, then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, are perished. You know, the, those who have died, they are asleep until the resurrection. And Proverbs and Ecclesiastes tells us that the dead know nothing. Now in verse 19, in this life only we have hope in Christ. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If there's nothing beyond this time that we are living today, if there's nothing beyond this life, And like some uh, advertisements say, grab all the gusto you can in life. Because it's the idea of some that this is all all there is. But we have a hope that it it isn't all there is. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. So this is the hope of those of all who have lost loved ones maybe to war maybe to disease or maybe an accident or some other thing and today we'll look at at this hope of the resurrection that is to come we must keep hope alive through the hearing and the reading of the Word of God and fellowship as much as possible and pray More than we have probably ever prayed before. Now in our church directory. uh, That has you know the addresses. And our statement of beliefs that are in there. Concerning our beliefs. We see this following statement. The hope of all mankind. And the promise to the uh, Christians. Is the resurrection from the dead. So that is the hope that we have. That is what we look to beyond this current life that we are living. It is our hope. There are many who believe. There are many who believe that those who have passed away. Are not really dead but they have gone on to live in uh, either heaven or earth hell perish the thought but many find comfort in the thought that their deceased loved ones is now living in the presence of God and looking down from from heaven upon them the Bible however does not teach those beliefs that some have instead it says that no man has ascended to heaven but he that came down from heaven even the son of man meaning Christ Jesus and so it can be said that no man has ascended to either ever everlasting death or everlasting life yet. But we have these words of assurance. These words in which Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. There's a lot in that statement that can hold a lot for our, uh, uh, to our faith. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so we look to these words, which show that we will someday see our departed loved ones once again. And that we too will have life when that day comes. When we we die in faith. But how is Jesus the resurrection and the life? And how is he the life? First the scripture says. That the living know. That they shall die. But the dead know nothing. We find that in Ecclesiastes uh, 9. Verse 5. And a few verses above and below that. So we. This passage tells us that. The dead are unconscious. While the living are unconscious. Knowing they shall die. So when we hear of. Those who have passed away for war or uh, whatever thing like disease, uh, they are unconscious. But it's the living who start to worry about their own life. So with that in mind, we the living are then exhorted with these words that we see in verse 10 of Ecclesiastes 9 where it says whatsoever your hand finds to do do it with your might for there is no work nor device nor knowledge nor wisdom in the grave where where you go years ago I uh, gave a sermon in which I said I had bought this uh, jig machine where you can cut wood to just most any shape you want to and uh, haven't seen it it's it's in a box and it's as good as the day I bought it I think and uh, I keep kept telling myself well I'm going to get that out and work with it and make some make some wood uh, work and and uh, now I'm at that stage where it's all pretty much behind me kind of like my weight I guess but you've got to do what you can do while you can do it because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. And some, in some ways that's, that's not a positive way of looking at. So we have this hope. I know that when. In my prayers I'm always thankful. For the hope of tomorrow. I'm always thankful for the day present. And for the time that's passed. But I'm also praying for the hope that is Tomorrow. Will give me another day. In which I might catch up on a few things. So in death. There is no remembrance. Of thee. Of God. Because everything about that person. Is just shut off. Cut off. And who in the grave. Who shall give you thanks. Thanks. The dead praise not the Lord. And I'm reading from Psalms 115.17. Uh, the dead praise not the Lord. Neither any. That go, uh, that go down into silence. Because in death you know, consciousness just ends. Life is gone. Like uh, the flame of a candle. It's just put out. It's blown out. So the belief that those who have passed away. Are conscious right now in heaven. Now living in the joyful presence uh, of God is not according to God's, God's inspired word. Neither are there people suffering in the torment uh, of hell fire. Jesus said that death is likened to a sleep. Like a deep dreamless and undisturbed slumber. That there is no conscious thought as to the passing Of time or events. From the time they closed their eyes. In death. When Jesus and his disciples. uh, Had learned that you know Lazarus. they, uh, They had come. And told Jesus and the disciples. That Lazarus was sick. That he was sick unto death. And he told his disciples. Our friend Lazarus. Sleeps. He sleepeth. But I go that I may. Awake him out of sleep now the disciples said Lord if he sleeps he shall do well he's, he's okay and then said Jesus to them Lazarus is dead so death is like asleep so he went to awaken Lazarus from sleep that is from death and upon arrival I know I've given a sermon on this once before but upon Jesus's arrival Uh, Lazarus' sister uh, Martha went to him and, and cried saying that if only he had come earlier to heal him Lazarus would be alive and Jesus said to Martha he said your brother shall rise again and Martha said I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day so Jesus said to Martha I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asked Martha. Now, Lazarus, we know from the story that he'd already been wrapped in in, uh, linen, put into a cave. And he was laid there and four days had passed. And so Martha said to Jesus when Jesus had arrived there. That by now his body stinketh. His body stinks. He is in the process of decomposing. And then Mary came to meet Jesus. And she fell at his feet crying. He said she said Lord if you had been here my brother had not died wouldn't have died and when Jesus saw her weeping sorely the Jewish mourners along with her Jesus groaned in his spirits and he was troubled and he said to them where have you laid him so Jesus then asked well Lord come and see and so they uh, led him to the place where Lazarus was buried. Now perhaps the words of Mary saying if only you had been here. My brother would not have died. Echoed in Jesus' ears. And so as he looked around at those mournful faces. Of the many who were there. We come across the shortest uh, words in scripture. Jesus wept. And the mourners said behold how he loved him. Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind. Have caused that even this man should not have died. Again Jesus groaned it says inside. As they made their way. To that place where Lazarus was buried. And he saw a look of faithlessness. In them. But here was Jesus the son of the living God. In their very midst. Whom they knew. And whom they had seen and heard of the the many miracles that he had done but yet there was doubt among them that Jesus had the earthly power to restore life then and there now as Jesus said to Mary I am the resurrection and the life Jesus had no reason to weep because Lazarus was dead that he was going to miss him but As he had said to his disciples. He said I'm going to go and awaken Lazarus out of his sleep. So there is that time coming when Jesus is going. To awaken those who have died. Who have passed on as we as we sometimes call say it. And that they are going to be awakened out of their sleep. Into a new world into a world where there is no pain where everything about them is, is being healed so Jesus as he's walking toward uh, as he got there at the, at the mouth of the cave he, uh, he, he, he prayed he said he lifted his eyes toward heaven and he prayed father I thank you that you have heard me and I know that you hear me always but because of the people which stand by me those people that were crying and who had doubts about what he had in his power to do but because of the people which stand by I said it that they may believe that you have sent me so with a shout Jesus called into the tomb where Jesus was laid saying Lazarus come forth. So you know one can imagine the fear the amazement. In the people when Lazarus came out of the dark of the cave wrapped in linen. Hand and foot. And Jesus said loose him and let him go. And in this he showed that he is the resurrection and the life. And that he was sent by God the father. To perform miracles. And to uh, be the express image of the father. With love, compassion, mercy. And the power to heal and to someday uh, uh, resurrect life. Now, one of the principles we know uh, of the doctrines of Jesus Christ is the resurrection of the dead. And Mar- Martha herself knew the resurrection would come at the last day. But there are, you know, there are a lot of preachers who, who would expound that their deceased loved ones are in heaven right now. Now, Lazarus was awakened, of course, to physical life. And it makes really no sense that Jesus would pull Lazarus back from heaven if he were up there because he would have seen what heaven is like he would have seen God he would have seen Christ but we know that flesh and blood cannot inherit uh, the kingdom cannot enter into the kingdom without uh, change from mortal to immortal from corruptible flesh to incorruptible spirit which is going to come at the resurrection. The resurrection is yet future. We know that. And it says the prophet Daniel. He prophesied of that time. Saying and many of them that sleep. In the dust of the earth. Shall awake. Going to be uh, woken out of, their, out of their sleep. Some it says to everlasting life. And some to shame and everlasting contempt the apostle Paul he also foretold of that time that is to come saying in Acts 24 15 that there shall be a resurrection a a reawakening of the dead both of the just and unjust and that hour is coming and he said to the listeners he said but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that is dead that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, a loud shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and he said To comfort one another with these words. So as we see a lot of things happening. I don't know the statistics. But you know that uh, there's uh, the reality of this COVID. is, Is that death is happening to a lot of people. But we know. And it is our hope. That there is going to come a resurrection of the dead. And that we are to comfort one another with these words. And he said in John 6.40. Or John 5.28 and 29. He said marvel not at this for the hour is coming. The time is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. We know that in that time to come. There will be a period of time. In which there will be those who will be taught the right way. And come to understand the plan of God. And the plan of salvation. Because God would have all men. uh, Not perish. But come to repentance. So everyone who believes in Christ Jesus. Who have the Holy Spirit uh, dwelling in them. And believe that Jesus was sent by the Father will inherit everlasting life, and as Jesus said, John six forty, he said, "I will raise him up at the last day." First Timothy six sixteen tells us that man does not have immortality; that God, that Christ, only has. Uh, immortality, but man became a living soul, he became uh, flesh when God formed him out of the dust of the ground when God formed man from the dust of uh, uh, of the earth and breathed into Adam the first breath of life. That is carried on even in our life today. Because you know we can trace our beginnings back to ancestors. We've inherited their genes. We've inherited their uh, personalities and proclivities. And we can even go back further to the time of uh, Noah and his children. And from that point on back to uh, uh, to Adam and Eve but we have within our body that was breathed into our body trillions of cells these cells are hard at work in protecting us from uh, various things working second by second keeping our bodies alive there's one study that shows that there are 37 trillion microscopic cells that are that is in our body and they contain all the things that are needed for our bodies to function and to rebuild tissues keeping out keeping our body alive so all living things plants and animals large or small they're made up of cells but it's our time is kind of like sand through the hourglass cells eventually die and time runs out on us. God said to Adam, "Dust you are, and unto dust you shall return." But God made this promise that, as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, in a time coming that is going to be at the resurrection. The apostle Paul, in Second Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians. Uh, 15 said now this I say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God neither does corruption inherit incorruption behold I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep and we shall be changed and this mortal must put on immortality so in many ways this is a mystery how how we can be given life or that energy that will sustain us keep us alive forever and ever. So it's a mystery as to how life is going to be returned to a person. Especially those you know, that may have been burned, by, uh, burned into nothingness. Or where their, uh, their bones have turned to dust. How in some way by the word and the power of God. That these, that these once upon a time living beings are going to just begin stirring back into life again. As we, uh, one part of the Bible where it talks about, you know, the uh, valley of, of the bones. But we all go unto one place because we're all of the dust and we all turn to dust again. Now, King David, who was a man after God's own heart. He, too, is dead and buried. Hebrews 9 27, it is said, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So there are things in the judgment that are going to happen in which there is going to be that uh, everlasting fire if there is no repentance, in which there will be that second death. But the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves. Shall hear his voice. And shall come forth. So as we read about those. Who have died of various things. We know. That though there is sadness among those. Who have that loss. That, they're, that they are going to be. Uh, made alive again. And death is swallowed up in victory. As in Adam all die even so in Christ shall all be made alive and I would say that we are in Christ we believe in him we believe in his power and in the father who sent him as the author of our salvation so as Jesus said to Martha and Mary I am the resurrection and the life and that is our that is our uh, hope. That is our faith. Say, I would like to go to. We you know that there is a time of temptation. Trial. That is to come. And. And. Uh, Want to turn to Luke 21 Uh, like I said I uh, was just going to uh, refer to those scriptures rather than go directly to them but I want to go to this one uh, about watching and praying over in Luke chapter 21. chapter 21 let's see verse 35 a time that is coming where there will be temptation and trial and it says verse 34 to take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life and so that day come upon you Unawares, for as a snare in verse thirty-five, shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth? You know, all just means everyone. Something that comes upon all. So watch you therefore, and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. And to stand before the son of man. Now in 2nd Timothy. I want to go there. It was much easier of course. When I had these things all laid out on, uh, on a page. That I put down. Now uh, it's kind of hard to turn Quickly. To those uh, scriptural references. But you're probably familiar with this anyway. 2nd Timothy. And. Chapter 3. Some of you are already there. <laughs> there we go. Chapter 3. Uh, verse 1. Says this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come these are dangerous times in which we live in in many ways but it says in verse 2 that men shall be lovers of their own selves they're going to be selfish out for their own selves they're going to be covetous boasters and proud blasphemers and disobedient to parents unthankful and unholy without natural affection truce breakers, false accusers incontinent and fierce despisers of those that are good it's a long list here as we see traitors, heady, high minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God not paying attention to what God would have us do or what is the will of God but after their own uh, selfish indulgences having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof such turn away so we see that there uh, these perilous times that there is going to be wickedness in in the days that are ahead thankfully uh, uh, of course we are seeing in many ways a little bit of that happening in our world maybe more depending on where uh, we live in, in this world but we see that in all of this that we are to endure. Unto the end. I want to go back to Psalms now. I need one of those little rubber caps. You know that. You put on the tips of your fingers. That will help. But I don't have it. That's okay. I'm getting there. Psalm 91. uh, Verse 1. It says he that dwells in the secret place of the most high. Shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. And from from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wings shall you trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid. For the terror by night. Nor for the arrow that flies by day. Nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness. Nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but it shall not come close to thee only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked now you know it's not saying that people who are affected by COVID or anything like that that they are wicked no it's just that we need to be keeping close to God in prayer and doing his will but there is a time coming when there will be wicked that wickedness that will be very pervasive, because a thousand shall fall at your side. And that's you know that's a lot of people at one time, and ten thousand at your right hand, just right and left. But it shall not come close to you. So we have this hope that our Lord, our Savior, our God is going to. See to our well-being. Verse 9. Because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. There shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And they shall bear you up in in their hands. Lest you dash your foot against a stone, and so we see that this is talking also about Christ, how the angels would watch over him too. Now the next section, that six number six, there is uh, I, I decided that I won't uh, go into that. Uh, I think most of you know about the story of Enoch. How he was translated into heaven meaning some people think that's where he is right now let's go down to uh, the seventh one the last section that I would like to uh, cover the next maybe five minutes I think now hope is the expectation the way it's defined is the expectation of future good that that all things work together for good to them that love God so true hope is reliance on God's blessing and his provision but when things come along to try and dim our light of hope it becomes a test of faith and it becomes a test of endurance but we have a lively hope a living hope that is in Christ who will see us through first Peter chapter one first Peter chapter one uh, uh, verse two starting verse two it says elect according to the foreknowledge of God the father through sanctification of the spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ grace unto you and peace be multiplied grace and peace be multiplied when you see grace you know, there was grace in the Old Testament. And grace today is like grace heaped upon grace through, through the love of Christ and the, His sacrifice. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, And that fades not away. Reserved in heaven. Reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Ready to be revealed in the last time. The last days. Wherein you greatly rejoice. Though now for a season if need be. You are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold. That perishes though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen you love in whom though now you see him not you believe you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls. So it's by our trusting in Him, by our putting our uh, faith in Him through prayer and through the study of His Word and living in His Word, that we receive the aim of faith, even the salvation of our flesh, of our souls. Hebrews chapter six and verse uh, seventeen. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the Immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. We might have strong a strong consolation. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So we have a hope that is set before us. You look through the word of God and you see the various promises that he has made. And we put our faith in, the, in those promises which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which enters into that within the veil whether the forerunner is for us entered even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek Romans chapter 5 verse 1 therefore being justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ by whom also we have access we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of god and not only so but we glory in tribulations also knowing That tribulation works. Patience. And patience. Experience. And experience. Hope. And hope maketh not a shame. Because the love of God is shed abroad. In our hearts. By the Holy Spirit which is given. The Holy Spirit is given. Unto us. So that's what. That's the tie that binds. Each and every one of us. Together. As a church. As a unit. As a uh, called out uh, uh, among uh, from among the world to have this the holy spirit finally in titus uh, chapter 1 verse uh we'll go to verse 15 it says therefore brethren stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught whether by word or our epistle so you know it's a, it's a, faith comes by hearing the word it also comes by reading the word now our Lord Jesus Christ himself verse 16 and God even our father which has loved us and has given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace finally verse 17 to remember this in looking ahead to hope comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work and and deed so in times like these we need to have hope though it's dimmed sometimes by the trials that life comes along and throws at us we keep hope alive keep our trust in God and pray for one another